We sit glued to the TV set all night And every night Why go into the outside world at all? It's such a fright We got nothing better to do Than watch TV and have a couple of Hello and welcome to TV Times 3 episode 160 On this episode we have a few news items And we'll be discussing recent episodes of Raising Hope New Girl, Parenthood, The Good Wife, and Homeland Plus a reality check and some TV on DVD picks you can find the full show notes with time codes for each segment at tvtimes3.com slash 160. I am Amory from mytakeontv.com. I'm Jason the TVaholic from tvaholic.com, and this week we have joining us... Hi, I'm Amy Amitangelo from tvgal.com. Yay! Welcome, Amy! Thanks, you guys, so much for having me on. I'm so excited to be on the show. We were just, we were just talking before we started recording about how um, we've all kind of known each other in this TV world for years and so here we are friendly chatting um so tell us something about you you know how did you get started in tv or or what was like a tv show that really made you a tv fan then made you the tv gal and and all that stuff well you know my whole life i've loved tv and i've loved entertainment i love pop culture i think when i was younger i thought it was something other people did that you know you that it wasn't a real i couldn't really have a job where i did that i didn't really understand it was a real job and even when you were younger you say like who do you want to meet i always wanted to meet the tv critic at entertainment weekly that was who i wanted to meet it wasn't like any celebrity (laughs) i mean to me that was a celebrity so i've always loved tv i think my first uh real memory of tv is uh cheers I, i think that was like my first favorite favorite show and i can remember when cheers ended its first season and sam and diane kissed and you know then you had to wait the whole summer I just can remember thinking as a kid, like, I won't live. Like, how will I live till, like, season two starts? Like, how will I survive the summer not knowing what's going to happen? I think that was the first time I was really into a cliffhanger and things like that. And then, um, I, you know, I went to college and I, started, I, got, I was doing, um, worked in nonprofits. I had a long career in, like, nonprofit management. And, um, and, but I always loved TV. And one day I was on the Internet and there was a website that had a movie critic called The Movie Guide, but they didn't have a TV critic. So I wrote to the uh, editor and said, oh, you need a TV gal to go with your your movie guy. And lo and behold, he said, sure. And so I started doing TVGal.com. And it just then I started doing I started doing TV gal for this website. Then eventually I was on Zap to it for many years. I've written for the Boston Herald, the Washington Post. I wrote for the Boston Herald for like 13 years. Um, and then I when I had my daughter, I kind of cut back on things because it's very hard to watch a lot of TV when you have an infant. <laughs> um, and really, but now she's two, so she can totally take care of herself. She's great, um, totally self-sufficient. So I really, I, so I recently I relaunched and brought back the TV gal voice um, because I really love what I love about the internet is you get a chance to really talk about the TV you love and you get kind of talk about it with other people who love TV as much as you do. It's so instant to really get a chance to really discuss and what you don't love too, but to really get a chance to talk to other people who are as passionate about as TV as I am. Right. I mean, yeah, I, I feel like that's kind of the same thing. Like, I was so in love with TV, and, and I, too, was like, oh, I want to meet all these people from EW. Like, I read the TV reviews, and that's what I loved. And so it is. It's totally a world that we kind of immerse ourselves in now that I know there's always someone out there who either has the same opinion as me or, uh, like, wants to hear my opinion, even if they disagree. So it's nice to kind of have an outlet to talk about it when I'm not doing TV all day long. Absolutely. No, I love it. I love it. It's great. Yeah, the Internet is the place to find that uh, some other people that actually like some of the shows that uh, that you like. Like, I have I have various friends, but none of them watch either the same TV as I do or as <laughs> much TV as I do. And so <laughs> the Internet has been a, a been a great place to be able to find other people to uh, chat about your favorite shows when nobody in your 
as you as they you would say in your real life uh, actually watches uh, you know some of those shows. Yeah. No, and it's great too because you can also say if you watch something and think like that's insane. Does anyone else think that was crazy? Like you can find something. <laughs> <laughs> or it's like, or I sometimes will obsess about the strangest things, and you realize, like, like the new girl, the bangs drive me crazy. I'm like, why doesn't she get them trimmed? What's going on? And then you realize, like, other people have the same thought. You're like, okay, I'm not, I'm not the one who focuses on these things. Other people have these same crazy thoughts. <laughs> yes, and uh, a lot of times I do just kind of sass about something on Twitter all day long because I'm gonna find someone who agrees with me until I'm gonna just keep talking about it until someone says yes, I understand. Um, Wait, that's the way to get you to stop. <laughs> yes, just start agreeing with me and I'll stop. Um, so so welcome, Amy. We're going to just jump right into the news. Uh, Britain's ITV has renewed Downton Abbey for... <laughs> Jason, you wrote Downtown Abbey. Yeah, I know, I did. Downtown Abbey uh, for a fourth season. There's all kinds of rumors going around. I don't watch the show, but I, it's one of those things where everybody's like, you have to catch up. But um, all kinds of rumors about who is or isn't coming back for season four. So until something's official, I'm not sure who isn't coming back. But so that's good. But has the U.S. even gotten season three yet? No, season three doesn't start till January. So wow. we're we're a whole season behind. So we can relish in season three before we even have to start worrying about season four. Excellent. Well, you, yeah, you can watch knowing that you're going to get another one. Exactly, right. that's a good relief. Like I like that when when there's shows that air overseas or even like when. Being Erica was airing in Canada, and then we would get it. It was like, am I watching it eight months later? And they didn't know they were going to be canceled. And then I'm, why am I watching it? And so I do. I like knowing that um, at least it'll be there. Another season will be there if I get through it. And it's actually an easy show to catch up on because the seasons aren't that long. So you should catch up. That's your assignment. Catch up on Downtown Abbey. <laughs> there are so many assignments that I've just failed. But I finally gave in to Downtown Abbey because I couldn't stand being outside. This Everybody was talking about it. I was like, I need to know what this show's about. I totally yeah, missed like, them well. People will always be like, did you watch it? I'm like, uh, no. And then they can't. Then they like stop. The conversation stops right there because I didn't watch. And I don't want them to spoil me either because I do plan to catch up. So what, um, what channel... This is not related to Downtown Abbey, but it's related to Britain. Um, Merlin was canceled today, too. Canceled, not on, I think that aired on Sci-Fi here. Well, it, it was on NBC, and then it aired on Sci-Fi. Right, and I don't know what BBC. I think it's BBC. I don't know what it is in the UK, but they canceled it. Season five is the last season, so um, I know there was a few Merlin fans out there. So that's not coming back. Um, also being canceled. Stars has canceled Boss after two seasons. <clears throat> Excuse me. There may be a two-hour finale still to come. That's another show I didn't watch. Well, um, nobody. Well, you. That's the problem with bosses. Nobody watched it. Right. <laughs> that's why it's being canceled at very, very low ratings. I think they picked it up for the second season almost immediately and probably too soon because people just didn't have the audience. Oh yeah, wasn't it picked up like after the first episode or not even before before the first episode had even aired? Yeah, it was picked up very early for that second season, and it just people didn't watch it. It was very dark. It was kind of disturbing. I, you know, I it wasn't my kind of show. Right. Yeah, it definitely fell, fell into that category of uh, you're like, yeah, there's a lot of good actors in this. They're doing yeah. they're doing good work. None of it interests me. Exactly. You know, I always say I always call that rated not for Amy. Like I can appreciate <laughs> that maybe there's a lot of things that are going on that are great, but it's rated not for Amy. You know, I just like games of Game of Thrones rated not for Amy. I can appreciate that maybe it's a great show. It's just not for Amy. <laughs> Love it. Um, so also here, ABC has. 
So they they shortened. They didn't like. They canceled. It's, yes, they're canceled. Six 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 Park Avenue and Last Resort are canceled. That just means they're not getting the back nine. We'll only see the first thirteen episodes. But interestingly, they will both get series finale episodes. So, is it that they're going to rewrite and reshoot? I don't know. Or are they working no, on episodes thirteen? No, it's that they've given them enough notice that they had enough warning that this was happening, that they were able to kind of write to the finale because well, they had enough advance notice, which is kind of nice that, um, you know, they hadn't filmed that final episode yet. It seems like a nice thing that networks are doing, that if people are going to take the time to get invested, people get so mad when they get invested in the show and it gets canceled. So at least if you got invested, you're going to, you can see it through to the ending. Yeah. And if they were going to cancel it, but still plan to air all the episodes, I mean, it makes... It makes it seems to make more sense to give them enough time to create some sort of an ending, right? Well, and then it can be nominated for a miniseries. That's all right. <laughs> missing. So there you go. Right. It, could, exactly. it could be a win-win for everybody. <laughs> Andre Brower, there's still hope for you. Yeah, well, um, there you go. Well, well, Last Resort <laughs> is the show that everybody said should have been a miniseries to begin with. So it's true. It is true. So I, I'm interested to see how they get because I think we're at episode like eight right now. So I'm interested to see how they get from this point. To that point and how it ends. I'm I'm not watching six 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 Park Avenue. I have them all on my DVR. Um, but this and I have watched about that because now you can delete them all. <laughs> exactly, you can just get rid of them. I don't need to go back and watch. Um, right. But last resort, I have been watching, so I'm interested to see kind of where that goes um, because that's another one that has a great cast. I just don't know that it was. I don't know. It just wrong time, wrong network, wrong <laughs> day of the week, wrong, you know, wrong wrong promotional I don't everything was wrong about it um but we'll see what happens so that is our news I don't anything else that's out there oh well I mean I, I thought there was be, I thought there was a really big news that came out there's really big news but it'll be out there by the time this is out um I mean just like all of our news always but hold on to your hats girl meets world which is my new favorite show hasn't even shot a pilot yet but it's my new favorite show and ben savage aka Corey matthews and daniel official aka topanga matthews have signed on to play Corey and topanga once again officially and that to me is just that's aces because they're gonna be world. special guest stars like is it gonna be like when they relaunch 90210 and we just saw them i and they feel like They'll. I, I think they will actually be like Alan and Amy were, right? They're supposed to be their child, right? That's right. The world. Oh, okay. So that could that be awesome. So I mean, they're. I think they're both great, and I love them together, and I love Women's World, and I, I can only hope that Ryder Strong suddenly isn't really doing much, and Sean can come back, and and Mr. Feeney can come back, and Will Ferdell's probably not really doing much right now. I mean, like the whole cast is out there for everybody to just snap up. Um, the first Lily wants to come back. Anytime they replace a Lily on any show, it's disappointing. So I'm I'm happy with the first Lily coming back. Um, but yeah, so Girl Meets World has Topanga and Corey back on board. Very exciting. It's so funny that everybody's like, I'm going to be watching this show. I mean, it's going to be a cheesy Disney show, much like Good Luck Charlie, my favorite show right now. Um, well, it's not like Boy Meets World was, you know, Shakespeare. I mean, if you, <laughs> we have to remember the source material. Boy Meets World was a great show, but I think it's going to be like Boy Meets World. Was. It's totally going to be like Boy Meets World. Because let's face it, when Boy Meets World was on, I wasn't exactly looking for, you know, a major, like I wasn't looking for the comedy I'm watching now. So exactly. So, yes. There's something very nostalgic about that show coming back. Yes. Yes, exactly. Um, so that's our news. And all right. Prime time. Got five good shows. Um, 
actually five episodes of shows that I really enjoyed this week. So we are starting with our first comedy, Raising Hope, season three, episode seven, Candy Wars. I just, this show is, I love it. I love Garrett Dillahunt so much. It's probably unhealthy. Like I, I, it, it probably is. It's I mean, I love Raising Hope. I just think what it strikes me every time I watch Raising Hope is how completely wacky the show is. Like it's so out there. The comedy is so crazy. You can. I, I am just so glad a show like that's still on the air. Like it's just you know what I mean. I think it. I really. It's so. It's unlike any other comedy on TV right now. It totally is. It totally is. And like the stuff that they get away with on the show, just it is nuts. Like turning chocolate into an addiction and. That whole stuff of making the chocolate, the it was disgusting, but amazing. I thought they hit the Breaking Bad metaphor a little too hard. Sometimes I think the show I mean, went a little too far with it, but I still thought it was funny. Well, i I thought it was I thought it was so well done. It it's it's one of my favorite episodes they've done of of Raising Hope. I mean, but they hit all kinds of other other things there. You know, there's you know when they have like a a gang war going on and. And then, you know, finding the the horse's head, you know, in their bed, <laughs> getting a little, uh, all all kinds of stuff happening. But really, it's some of it is the little stuff, like when the ice cream truck that pulls away, the music gets faster. I love that <laughs> as, it, as it's driving away, and it's just it's, there's just little things like that in the show that 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 make me laugh, but just so funny. To me, it, it, I mean, and it still sort of plays out. It's comp- it's a completely twisted version of like a TGIF show. It really is. <laughs> it really is. And could Hope be any cuter? No, no, no. She's I don't think she could. Kid on TV. I just think that they they hit the jackpot when they found the Kriegit girls because the faces they can make, the facial expressions, just everything that they do. I can't wait to hear them like really start to talk and actually be major character, not maybe major characters, but be like a character in the show because there's a whole new world to explore when, you know, hope starts talking and, you know, you know, they're going to do a hope curses or hope does something kind of like Jason said, like a TGIF type of story, but they're just going to take it in a crazy direction. And anytime they can involve everybody in town, it's always great. Yeah. uh, I mean, it's, they have uh you know everybody everybody in, in town is is jonesing for the for the chocolate and they've got a line out the front door and stuff but like i said it's the little things like having hope sitting there counting the money in front of her little fake cash register <laughs> <laughs> at the, at the table that that stuff kills me yes i just i, I mean so interesting. Oh, go ahead sorry i was just going to say is are we at the point now that it's in what season three is it really only in season three season three where um is it a show that people are going to find are the ratings ever going to improve that i don't know but i'm just it's one of those shows that i'm embracing while we still have it no i don't think i think it's it's such a a unique cup of tea for viewers it's never you know it's not going to be everybody's cup of tea it's not going to like cast a wide net um so i think either you like the show or you don't and you get the humor of the show or you don't you know to, you know or the humor of the show is for you i should say and the humor right. of the show is definitely for me i just think but i don't think it's ever going to be like a breakout hit it's not it's not it's not two and a half men do you know what I mean? <laughs> like it's not oh, that kind two of and a half men that show is just falling apart at the seams 
I know. Yeah, it's going to be two men soon because Angus T. Jones is very upset with the show. So it's going to yes, be just two yes, men. Yes, he is. It's filth. I just saw somebody on Twitter say, um, Angus T. Jones wants us to stop watching his show. And they were like, way ahead of you, buddy. I haven't ever watched it. Right, right. Yeah, I'm with you. But, I mean, but that is, I mean, that show casts a much wider net. Like, there's no oh, definitely. Know, yeah. It plays to a different, uh, you know, it's just, I mean, which is fun. I mean, you probably, you need all kinds of TV, but I think Raising Hope is probably always going to be for that niche audience. And I think they can get away with a lot more when they have, knowing that they have this audience they've cultivated over a couple of years. They can have the in jokes. They can have, you know, little things here and there that I think just, I just love it. it kind is of this the episode where about- Barbara Jean was in, or Barbara Jean was in the, the cabinet in the kitchen? Yeah, but she was like, "This this toilet needs to flush or whatever." <laughs> My God. Anyway. <laughs> and on that note. Yes. <laughs> on that note, um, Amy, did you have one other thing to say, or were you? Well, I was I just going to say it reminds me of Arrested Development with the inside jokes. Like they'll make yeah. like, they'll yeah. reference something that was five episodes ago last season or something. You know, which I think is a really nice way to reward loyal fans because people who are really fans of the show recognize the inside jokes and love it. And I think I really like the way, and I don't think I've really seen a show do it to that degree since Arrested Development. And I also like that the show has been able to kind of do an inside joke for Greg Garcia's other shows too. So like, oh, yeah. if you were a, my name is Earl fan, little things here and there definitely help um, you know, show up now and then. So that's awesome too. So raising hope. Yay. Um, the other show, next show we're talking about, New Girl, season two, episode eight, Parents. I, I, I love this one. I thought it was so great. I mean, Rob Reiner and Jamie Lee Curtis played her parents. First of all, great to see Jamie Lee Curtis not in a yoga commercial, so I really right. just appreciated that in general. Um, but no, she, they were really great as her parents. I mean, they're obviously both really fat, talented actors, but I really thought it showed, I mean, to me, the Jess character's uh, fascinating because I think they've changed her completely since the pilot. She's kind of a different character, uh, but I think it really works. And it and I think the strength of that show is the guys. It's not it's not the girl, not Josh Jess. It's like the roommate rapport and particularly the guys. But I thought this episode was really great because it showed us a different side to Jess. As it showed her trying to get her parents back and a little bit. I just thought it was a really interesting kind of peek into what makes Jess Jess. This idea of this little girl who's been trying all her life to parent trap her parents and get them back together. I liked it. I, I I love Jamie Lee Curtis, and I love that you mentioned to see her not doing an Activia commercial, because I was sitting here watching it, and I had Ducky, Ducky Dust TV, um, sitting on my couch, and the two of us were watching it, and I just kept, like, every commercial break, kept saying Activia, like, I was so excited about Jamie Lee Curtis, but I just, I thought it was a, it was good to see, you know, we always, they focus on the Cece and Jess being friends for a long time, you know, idea. So it was nice to see that she has a history with her mom right. and the minivan. And we don't really get the whole backstory, but we get enough to know that, you know, there was something there. And of course, Nick, of course, Nick is the old angry man. Like he's totally as his dad. No, I like I, I, Nick is like my fate. I think Nick is like the sleeper breakout character of that show. Like Schmidt was the breakout character, but uh, Nick is just the he's so funny. That scene with him on Rob Reiner on the couch was hilarious. Yeah. I mean, and I think what was funny to me about that scene is the actual dialogue wasn't that funny. It was the actors who mm-hmm. really made it. And I think that's what's so true about everyone on that show is they really it's good writing, but it's really good uh, acting as well. Every time I think that that Mark Jake Johnson, Jake Johnson can't surprise me as Nick anymore, like he has a scene like that. Or like last week, he had the scene with the old Asian gentleman on the bench where you know he's <laughs> talking about his hat. I really like your hat because it's got right. no. You know, 
my God, he just does everything so well that it, you're right. Schmidt's great, and he was the breakout, and now Nick's kind of sneaking into Steel of Thunder, and I think the whole show is, I think it's firing on all cylinders, and I think when they write it more as an ensemble, I I enjoy it more. I never don't enjoy the show, but I enjoy it more when everybody kind of has a part to play. And Rob Riggle and Winston just kind of playing them off of each other was perfect. Right. And I, well, I think it's really when I think about, I mean, not that I don't like the Jess character or Zoe Deschanel, but I also must sometimes think like they almost don't need her. I mean, really, those three guys are so good together. And I think right. to me, the show is at its best when they play up those three roommates. And, and they've really done a lot with Winston this season. I think they struggled with him a little bit last season because he was a character cast replacement because Damon Wayne Jr. had to go back to happy ending. So I think they kind of struggle with how to write for him, but they seem to really figured it out this season. So he's getting more to do too. So I just think it's the rapport between the four of them that really is great about the show. And I think you're right. It was great yeah. to see kind of the CC backstory too. And, the, and I just thought that's a couple of weeks ago when Jess and CC had that whole exchange where they kind of realized like we're friends because we've been friends forever, but we don't have a lot in common now. I, I liked that too. Cause I thought it was a pretty true thing about lifelong friends a lot of times too. So sometimes the show yeah, seems to go yeah. in for a little bit deeper themes this, this time around too, this season. I love it. Jason, are you still watching? You still watch it, right? Yeah. still watching. I, I, you know, I, this was a, a really good episode. Um, I, you know, I thought when I first heard you were like, I don't know about that. But then when you saw them together uh, as her parents, you were like, yeah, this makes sense. This 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 looks right. This uh, this seems right. Mm -hmm. And and uh, but there in the episode, there there were two things. Uh, One, when they're they're doing the makeover on Jamie Lee Curtis and and she says that she looks like a slutty Katie Couric. (laughs) <laughs> I thought that line was was great, and then the other was was Winston being bored and deciding to create the one true Smith competition. And then Rob Regal really was like the perfect type of person to have on to yeah. do this type of episode because he's over the top, you know, pretty much in anything that he does so, all the time, everywhere. So it, was, so it was kind of perfect for him to be to be Schmidt's cousin. I thought that really, you know, it was completely insane, but it, it really worked. But I also liked how they had uh Cece sort of take it over and give it another twist to the competition at the right. end. Right. <laughs> they can all kind of work, you know, with each other, which I think is great. And, and I, I it really has become an ensemble. Like mm-hmm. they're all important to making the show, exactly. making the show work, which is, <laughs> One of those things that happens in comedy is where you have an idea and you start out and heading in that idea, but you hit on some other things along the way, like realizing that having everything be about Jess is not necessarily the best idea, you know, that these other actors on the show are really good. Right. And uh, it's almost like a new show this season from where it, where it started last season. I mean, Jess yes, is a completely yes. different character, I think. You know, she's just not the, the dorkableness. They played that down a lot. <laughs> yes, totally. It, exactly. So it's like, I mean, she's becoming more of a well-rounded person. She's not just this crazy, I don't know, adjective they made up for her. So that's right. nice. Well, and um, she just needs to trim her bangs. If she could just trim her bangs, <laughs> I would be so happy. If you're listening, Zoe Deschanel, in your eyes. Cut your bangs. <laughs> they are. They're taking over her face. Yeah. Um, so here... 
on a positive note for a, a really sad show, Parenthood season four, episode eight, one more weekend with you. I actually, for maybe the first time in what's this episode, the eighth episode of the season, um, eight episodes didn't cry my eyes out. <laughs> it was a really done, you know, really well done episode. Everything was firing. I don't know how many times I said to kick Max out and keep the kid in the wheelchair. Like, get rid of Max. Just keep Micah. Right. That would be great. Um, but I understand. I understand that the character needs to be that character so that can really hit home that this is how it can affect you. You know, Asperger's is, is a major issue. And they just... Uh, I just love this show. I just love I every this- single actor on it and every storyline. No, I think it's like having... It is having an amazing season it has yeah, always been yeah. a strong show it is having this ama- this story arc with monica parter is amazing cool. and i think what what i love about parenthood is i think it really captures like these small moments that you know for a fail i've always said i've said this forever family dramas are so hard to do right you don't have a crime to solve a case to like you know litigate a, a patient to save like you it's just about the family and i think when you so they have to do things like somebody gets cancer they have to bring in these out these these things to those stories around so it could have been this really cliched thing but they didn't make it, it's not at all because i think what they're really capturing is that their life goes on so christina's and adam's life goes on so they have to deal with all this minutia of everyday life while she's battling this disease. So, like, you know, the Max having a friend over or, you know, their daughter off at college or somebody needing to watch the baby, like it all is all part of what she's dealing with. And I just, I think that's really, to make that dramatic and interesting, like to make the minutia of life something we want to watch is really hard to do. And they're doing yeah. this amazing job, you know? I mean, it helps that the, you know, the writing is so, so solid. The acting is incredible. Even, like, the little bits of humor is so funny. Adam rolling up with all the kids and looking for pot with, with Crosby. I love Crosby's, like, what makes you think I would have pot? And Adam's, like, just the look that they share <laughs> as brothers. Like, come on, Crosby, we all know you do. It was just, like, the littlest things like that, you know. But are you fantastic. stressed out about are you stressed out about Ray Romano? Because I'm stressed out about this situation. I am so stressed out about Ray Romano. I love him. I love what he's doing. I love how they're writing him. But I also love Jason Ritter. And I love that, you know, they're showing this character take on this dad role and try and do the, the cool dad thing with Drew. And then you have Sarah just there screwing it up again. I just, I am so stressed out. I don't know what's going to happen. But I think that's what's so great, right? Is that, like, I love, I like they're creating two very viable options for like I couldn't love anybody more than I love Jason Ritter on that show he's such a great character and such a great but like they really created an interesting character with Ray Romano too and I think that is a to kind of create this real situation that we believe in is really again I, it's very it's so well done anytime that a, like a triangle like that is introduced on any show I need it's like with awkward for a while like I was very I, I don't know who I want to pick between Maddie and Jake I because they Jake. Right, (laughs) Um, but they've built like they've built characters that you can find yourself voting for, rooting for. Right, you know, either way you look at it, you're like, oh, I don't know who I really want her to end up with. But and that's the same way here. Like I love what they've done with the Hank character. I think uh, I can totally understand why Sarah and Hank would work, but I really understand why Sarah and 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 Mark work. And I I don't know. I think that's it too. It's not a predictable love triangle in the way that you can always kind of sense who she's really going to pick. But with this, I, it's so out of my, like I have no idea and I'm really enjoying the tense like ride that I'm on with it. 
No, I'm so curious to know if the writers know what they're doing. Like, do they do they have an idea in their mind what's going to happen by the end of the season? Be- because the way they're writing it, like you said, I agree. I don't know what they're doing. And, and when, he, when I first heard about Ray Romano, I was like, oh, no, don't bring him in. Don't, like, let's not break these two up. But now I'm totally on board. I don't want to break them up, but I'm totally on board with him being on the show. And I lo- I've always loved Ray Romano, but I was very worried about him coming on Parenthood. But I'm totally on board with this character now. You know what I love? I love that when you first hear about the character, you think, oh, God, they're just going to bring him in as some plot contrivance. He's not really, he's, but we've also kind of seen for Sarah and Mark that the only real hurdle they've had to really cover is their age difference. And that's what they focused on for a long time. You know, the difference in, in generations. So bringing in a character who's introducing something that's not just their ages that they can talk about, that they can give Sarah a challenge and kind of make Mark step up and, and realize that something's there. Like, I think that it's just adding so much weight to something that any other show that's not as smooth as Parenthood, I don't think they could handle it. Well, I think that's the thing with Parenthood is, like like you said, with the, the cancer or, or doing a love triangle or, or stuff like that. On other shows, you'd just be like, oh, gosh, you know, <laughs> you're, you're, you're going to this well, you know? Mm-hmm. But on this show... They take those things and you forget that really that that's what they're doing. And, you know, like Monica Potter is doing great work with with mm-hmm. this. And I mean, the scene where they find her, you know, sort of passed out kind of in the bathroom and just, you know, the way that she looks, the way that she's she's taking on this role. You you like believe that she just had you know, right. chemo like it. It feels so. Although on the other hand, I think sometimes that the show feels so real, even though in a hyper situation, because like not this many things even would happen to this big a family, right? You know, necessarily. <laughs> but uh, but the situations that do happen feel so real. I think that that is almost part of the reason why it doesn't get watched as much is because I think people don't necessarily watch TV to relive real situations right. sometimes no, right. and that, that they go to escape real life. And so to have uh, a show that, that does real life so well is, is I think actually part of the reason why more people don't watch the show. Yeah. You know, and we haven't even touched on it. I, I did say that I loved all storylines, but really I don't care about Julia, but the um, Amber and Ryan relationship, I, I it just, I, I'm a shipper. Like I will always say that I am. I ship. I always have a couple that I'm rooting for. I'm always in love with a couple, and it breaks my heart when things goes wrong. You know, things go wrong. But God, I love these two. I, I don't even. It's like I've never seen a couple together before. Now I'm suddenly like, this is the best couple ever. And I think it's because Mae Whitman is amazing. No, she is. She's such a great actress. And I think also, like, I had a, like, have a lingering affection for anyone who was ever on Friday Night Lights. So oh, you can, all you have to do is kind of, like, walk across the screen. I'm like, hi. Like, that's great. Good to see you. <laughs> you know, so I've, I think Matt Laurie is a great actor. He was great on Friday Night Lights. He's doing great work here. I think it's also they're touching on a whole thing about a, a soldier coming back from Afghanistan and what that's like and reentry and post-traumatic stress disorder and all these things that I think are really, again, like, heavy topics for the show to take on, but doing in the framework of the family. And I think we've seen... Uh, May Whitman have a, on the show have a lot of um, not so great romances and make some poor romantic choices. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, uh, to say the least. So, I think that uh, you know she's not dating her boss or, or so. I think this is a really great relationship for her because it's also a relationship with her equals. Yeah, 
Exactly. I care about Julia. I actually really like Julia. I like that storyline. I, I like that storyline too. I think they haven't given as much attention. They haven't. She hasn't gotten as much attention this season. And poor Joel hasn't gotten any attention. But um, oh, I love it. I like. But I like the. I like that storyline. I think it's an interesting one. I think it's interesting for the show to take on this family who's adopted a child after not being able to have a second child. I think that's not something you don't see that often on TV. I just think the show has so many characters. It's hard to give everybody their due. Yeah. I'm so glad that the ratings have been up, too. Like, forget Sons of Anarchy killing everything that's airing at 10 o'clock on Tuesdays. Parenthood is holding its own, and I think um, that, too, makes me so happy because for so long it's like, oh, my God, I'm wringing my hands. Is Parenthood going to survive? And it's it's kind of become one of the only hit shows on NBC. Mm-hmm. Well, so no, they've, got, they've got Revolution to hang their hat on, but yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> Revolution, Grimm, and Parenthood. What a network they have. And go on. Um, go on's doing really well for them, too. Let's give true. Matthew Perry that's a strategy. Let's give Matthew Perry no, I, worry. I still think, because, um, you know, Parenthood's ending early in February because they're going to bring in Smash into the time slot. So I think yeah. it'll be interesting to see if the show gets another season. I mean, I think the critical acclaim it's getting this season uh, will help it. I think because even though NBC is up in the ratings, it still needs that critical acclaim. And it's getting a lot more attention this season, I think, right. it has in the past. Agreed. Yeah, well, having seen some of their mid-season shows coming and there's high likelihood that smash could just die a <laughs> like right. on on a tuesday night not you know not following the voice the production of that show i i think that in unless it does really good ratings it's highly likely that it could get canceled we're talking about smash yeah I, plus half the people don't even know that that show still exists i think parenthood sort of sits in a weird spot where I think there's a high likelihood that it could get another season. Yeah. We'll, we'll keep our fingers crossed because it's incredible. Even if it's a, sort of a smaller, you know, shorter season like, like mm-hmm. this season. Yeah, exactly. So we'll keep our fingers crossed and, and toes crossed and all that. Another show that I think it's having an up and down season to me, but I still love it. The Good Wife season four, episode nine, A Defensive Marriage. I saw someone online say something like, if Carrie is going to be the person who brings Nick down, then suddenly the whole Nick story was worth it because Carrie's going to have like something to do. Um, so we can, I, I just love Carrie Agos so much that I wish he was given more to do, even though he used to be kind of a bad guy and now he's a good guy, sort of. That's why I like him, I think, because he's had such a character transformation in a very believable way. Exactly. I don't uh, like. I think that, but the Nick storyline has been so disastrous. Like, never has a show that was doing so well had made such a like bad wrong turn. It is. It's a terrible, terrible storyline, and you can just see them, the writers, kind of inching away from it every episode. Like, maybe if we'll take yeah. one step yeah. back, nobody will notice that we actually did this storyline. I mean, because this episode, which I thought was so interesting last night, which I actually thought the episode overall was very good, is that you saw Kalinda for like two seconds. You never saw Kalinda and Nick together, and his only interaction was with uh, Carrie. So I do think I kind of agree that Carrie interacting with Nick is making the storyline slightly more redeemable. But the bigger, I mean, I think what's so interesting about The Good Wife, too, is that you have all these kind of storylines going. Like the Maddie Hayworth storyline, we haven't seen in a couple weeks. Like, And it's a huge right. storyline that she's like setting up Peter and she was behind the scandal and all that kind of stuff. They just have so many different plot lines going at any point. And I just really like getting to uh, meet Alicia's mother and kind of getting that insight into Alicia's character. And I thought that scene at the end where she takes Peter into the bathroom and he and starts to sleep, to have sex with him, and, and, she, and he says, is this because you're a mother? And she says, yes. I thought that yes. was like a, a big, it was a brilliant scene. It was great. I mean, I really, 
I ultimately don't want Alicia and Peter to like work it out, but I love that she was so emotionally reactive in that scene. Like my mom just kind of laid into me and laid into you. You, you, Like, let's just kind of screw her and and do this in my bathroom. Um, But stop your planning. I also think that like it shows, and I get when they remind us that, Hey, Peter and Alicia are actually really attracted to each other. They had a long marriage. They have two kids together. They have a long history and they actually are attracted to each other. So all this other stuff that's going on, they actually like each other as people and love each other as people. So I, I like it when they remind us of that. Yeah, because, you know, the story is so based on him having cheated on her. But like you said, they've been together for such a long time. There is still something there. Um, so I'm glad that they're not completely away from it. And they're, you know, completely forgetting the fact that, you know, they really were truly married, except he was kind of cheating on her. But like, he still clearly respects her weirdly you know and he still no, wants he her obviously loves her right when he's had that yeah. scene with the mother she's like what if i don't want to divorce her I mean, he doesn't want his marriage to end he you know right. i just think i think their relationship is so complex and i did love when uh her mother says to her about will like you won't let yourself have him because then you'll be like me i thought that was really interesting insight to alicia's character because i mean i if i could run away with anyone on tv right now i'd run away with will i love his character i've always yeah. loved josh charles and i think but again i think it's so interesting that they just they they kind of did a very interesting thing where they put Alicia and, and Will together briefly and now have taken them apart and are not even kind of toying with putting them back together. So it, that was great. But I also thought the um, the whole thing about doing the Defense of Marriage Act and, and really taking that on in the form of a episodic drama was really interesting to me. That was a really um, big kind of big topic to take on in 43 minutes. Well, that's, that's an interesting thing that they do is like every episode sort of does that. They take on you know, a big, sort of a big topic and sometimes a big, but sort of obscure, like, you know, when they do one of these technology things or something like that, but yet still interesting, all interesting ideas like that they play with Mm -hmm. in, in, uh, in these things. Uh, The only thing that I, the the one thing I thought was interesting is when I saw the, uh, the description for the episode where it says that, uh, that uh, Alicia and Diane get help from a famous lawyer is I almost expected to have like a really famous lawyer like <laughs> on the show, like because they've had like real people come in and play themselves and right. stuff like that. That I almost expected like for somebody real to like that that you see on you know show up on on uh, on TV or something like that in, in in these big cases or something like that. I thought that was uh, that that was that was the only thing that I I thought might happen, but. Uh, Overall, I think a lot of insight into you know into Alicia and and uh, always Stockard Canyon's always always great, but yeah, definitely agree on the you know the the Kalinda and 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 Nick storyline. Oh. is is the thing about it was there was always this thing like what was Kalinda running from? What you know what what would make her do all the things that she's done to? Uh, you know, get away and hide and, and stuff. And then for this to be the storyline that came after all those seasons of that setup is so disappointing compared to what they do on the show. Sorry. I just was saying, it hasn't given us any insight into her character either. Like he just comes on and sneers. They like throw eggs on each other or they do some weird things with food or whatever. But like, (laughs) we don't ever get any, like what is going on here? Like she had that one line when she said to Alicia, like I have a hard time staying away from him, but we still haven't gotten much. We still don't know anything about Kalinda or their relationship. And I think what's happened now, in my opinion, just from the way 
with the because you got it came out that the writers are going to end the storyline sooner. They've heard the fan outcry and the critic outcry, and they're going to wrap this up sooner or later. But now that they're kind of backing away from it, I feel as if we're never going to get any kind of right, insight right. about what's really going on. Yeah, no, I, I agree. You know what? You know what story I'm surprised. Well, a, I would watch what Mary Beth Peel and Soccer Channing jab at each other for that was ever. so awesome that was the best it was ever. amazing uh, but i also really like that this jackie and christian story where like peter's totally caught off guard by the fact that maybe this young fella's kind of falling in love with his mother it's just a throwaway scene and it, i don't know if they'll explore it more but i just love that you know her life kind of continues too you know the other thing. I don't. How do you guys think the um, Nathan Lane character is working out? I haven't liked that storyline as much either. The Hayden. Yeah, I, I haven't loved it. I love Nathan Lane, but I don't know that. I don't know. I just didn't. You know, I, there's so many things I do love, but that that's like a, a storyline that just does not stack up to what I want yeah, it to be. When I first heard he was cast, I was like, oh, maybe it'll do for uh, his, you know, Alan Cumming. I like, he's like, this role of Eli is like the role of his career. It's like such a yeah. great role. And I was thinking that maybe Nathan Lane, they'd give him that type of role. And it's just, to me, it hasn't kind of gelled. And, you know, I'm just, he does, there's nothing really that interesting about what he's doing. Like, I get that he's the antagonist and, you know, there's a conservator and they're going to go into bankruptcy. But there's just, the, the character in and of itself, I don't think is working. Yeah, well, they haven't, I think that on a minor level, they haven't quite set that up as well as they could have in that at times he's like, you're not quite sure. Like, are, are you really, is he really against you? Is he, is he really working for you? What is he, you know, is there's no like clear demarcation really of whether you should like not like his character or like his character or, uh, and, and so, yeah, he's, he's just, you know, sort of there. Uh, it's not nebulous in an interesting way either. It's not like, oh, this right. is mysterious. What's he really about? It's just, and I think if we weren't so outraged and upset about the whole Nick thing, we'd be more upset about this. Like, I, I just feel like Nick is distracting me and I'd be more outraged. But I'm like, I'm so outraged about Nick and this stupid storyline that I, everything else that could be annoying has kind of fallen by the wayside. <laughs> uh, we didn't get much of them this episode, but what do you guys, like, how do you guys feel about Zach and Grace? Like, do you like them? Because like a lot them. of people like come like they can't stand them, but I, I don't know. I kind of love them. I do too. I think they're the most. I think they're very realistic teenagers. Mm-hmm. They're not TV teenagers, and maybe that's why people don't like them because they're really, you know, real. Like they're to me, like they're real kids. They're really well written. I like that it shows that aspect of Alicia as a mother. I think that's a really interesting aspect of her character. Obviously, and a hugely important component to her character. Um, so I, I really like them, and I'm always surprised when people get so outraged by them because I really think they're great. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Good. I'm, it's one of those things where I'm like, I see all this kind of hate for the Florida children. I'm like, why? I think that I they're. The, is it Mackenzie Vegas? She she's like teenager annoying. Like comparing her to our next show, which is Homeland. Like the way that she's playing Grace. It's so different than the way we're seeing Dana played on Homeland, where it's like, I want to shoot this character. <laughs> but I don't feel that way about Grace Florick. I, but they're both, like, the same age, sure, one hit another with a car. Like, it's, they're different stories, obviously, and different suspense or tension, but I just feel like I would always prefer the Grace you know, type I, of way. Yeah, and I always, I really like the way Grace is kind of continue, always trying to find herself. You know, she yeah. had religion. She tried, that the tutor that had the, you know, she tried all these different things of trying to 
find herself now she's attracted to the boy whose girlfriend whose ex-girlfriend committed suicide i mean she's got she's very i i like this idea that she's just trying to figure out her place in the world and i think that's a recurring theme the show comes back to that i really enjoy yes yes always love i think for yeah. the most part they do a pretty good job with the those teenage characters i think on different shows you have the annoying teenage character but then sometimes you have somebody who's playing the the character of an annoying teenager and i think they're they're two different things yeah and and i think in in this case for the most part they're playing the character of an annoying teenager like they're getting into things that teenagers would do you know and they're having arguments with their parents that you know that they would have I think for the most part, you know, that's the next show on our list is Homeland is is with the Dana character that they've for the most part it through that Dana's been uh playing the, you know, sort of the character of the annoying teenager, but with this hit and run storyline, they're verging on turning her into the annoying teenage character. Yeah. Is you sort of get where she's coming from, but I don't know, the the what they've the last couple episodes, you're just like, what are what are they doing here with with the with this character? I think that the Good Wife has such a great cast, and their guest stars they're always so great. I mean, I love seeing Brian Dennehy in there, and obviously Stockard Channing. Like they do so well, and they, you know, BB Newworth isn't even mentioned. Like she's you know doing great work. I just I don't know. I love it. What do you guys think of Amanda Peet this season? I actually really I like I like her as an actress so much, and I think she's someone I'd like to see on TV. And she's had a couple, you know. I love Studio Sixty; that didn't work out. I really liked Bent last season; that didn't work out. So I really like the idea of her kind of recurring on this show and coming back. I I think uh, it didn't, you know, that show has so many great characters, and they, uh, you know, they're cut one at the over with people they could spend time on. So yeah. sometimes I think I'm a little nervous. Like, do they have time for Amanda Pete? But I think she'll be good as a as a good antagonist. You know, it's like someone to be their opponent in court. And the way she was introduced, you know, I like the idea that Alicia was a little torn in her first trial, wanting to help her as well as the, they were actually yeah. put against her. Can right. I take my advice back? <laughs> right. And it's nice that I kind of get the sense that we're going to have a friend for Alicia. I'm glad that she and Kalinda are kind of back to, like, being friends. And I like that she's going to kind of have this Amanda Pete antagonistic friendship. And it doesn't feel like it was sneaky, sneaky, like the Maddie storyline, right. which clearly was from the get-go this woman trying to undermine the whole thing right. and she was behind everything right no i, I like it i think it's gonna be a really fun event uh, going forward and because i do get the feeling with the show like you know with brian dennehy they're just kind of like oh, we like brian dennehy let's bring him back right okay well, right. now he works for the federal government done <laughs> right you know, exactly so you have these characters they just kind of bring back and they just decide they're working for different people and doing whatever so you know all of a sudden Amanda Pete's not in the arm anymore she's out I mean they just do whatever to get the characters they like back in the show and back in the courtroom right. but I think it makes for more interesting legal cases exactly so the good wife is continuing to kind of fire on on all cylinders we'll see what happens as the rest of the season goes and and how they get rid of the whole Nick storyline so that we can all be happy again um, right and then, yeah, so let us know what everybody thinks about The Good Wife. Our last episode, in, episode our last show in primetime is Homeland, season two, episode nine, Two Hats. I saw someone online, I think it was Jace, who was like, after two missteps, this episode is back to, I'm like, I don't think Homeland has missteps, my friend. No, I, I would, I think that. people are hypercritical of Homeland because they love it so much. <laughs> right. 
Yeah, I totally, I get that. But I'm like, no, no, I just love it. I love it from start to finish every week. <laughs> well, we talked a little bit about that at the beginning of the season when they got to what, like episode four or whatever. And all of a sudden they have a, you know, they have an episode with they've caught him, you know, and they've taken right. him in for questioning and stuff. And you're like, oh, oh my God, where that episode was amazing. Where are they going now? And you're just like, but everybody kept talking about how it keeps getting better and better each episode. And you're like, well, right. that's an impossibility. You can't do that through 12 episodes. You just, right. <laughs> you can't continue to increase like that. And so, of course, it's going to maybe not be quite as good as, as uh, you know, some of those episodes. I think the only thing so far that's sort of feels like a misstep, because I still not seen like really why is the whole hit and run thing. I, it, right. That storyline st uh, just feels tacked on. Like we need, we need a B storyline. <laughs> <You know, like, laughs> we need something to do. Cause we can't just always be following around these two characters, you know? So well, I um, think also they needed more ways to get Brody, the, 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 to affect his family directly for the CIA to come between Brody and his family to, for them to say, you can't go you take the, you can't take Dana to the police. You cannot report this. We need the vice president to still like you. I think there was, there was some of that conflict, but I agree overall, it was probably unnecessary storyline, a little bit frivolous, yeah, yeah. but I just like, I always love when I watch shows to try to play predict a plot and try, and you cannot play predict a plot with this show. You, I oh never God. know what they're going to do. Like the Ever. Quinn reveal last night, the Quinn reveal, I did not see that coming, that, that they had him, that he's out to kill Brody, that that's his point, that's why he's there. <laughs> he's there to make sure Brody dies when they, when they no longer need him. But that was like, okay, that's pretty interesting. I did not, I was suspicious of Quinn, but I did not think that's what was going on. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you knew that there was something weird about him, or, you know, and, and that they were, you know, had been sort of looking into him. Yeah, but yeah, you didn't necessarily see that that was where they were necessarily going with it. But that yeah, that's the thing they they do in the show. Like, I'm still not sure whether Brody is playing both sides or not. Like, right? <laughs> like, is has he left out some detail from you know meeting with Abu Nazir? Uh, you know, like what? Uh, well, I mean, besides praying, which he didn't tell them, right? Well, yeah, but I mean, is there is there something else like uh, you know that that that's going on? Uh, you're you're not quite. You're just you're still not quite sure. Like. For a little bit, you were like, okay, I think he is on their side. And now you're like, well, is he? You know, right. <laughs> like. I feel that way about Carrie, too. Like, is she sleep when she had slept with him last week? I'm like, are you doing this because you're attracted to Brody? Are you doing this to recoup him as a contact? Are you doing it because of both? Like, I, you know, I think that yeah. I love the way they play that relationship because obviously they're very attracted to each other. But you also just don't really know. I don't even think Carrie knows what, what's going yeah. on, there, you know, which I think is really interesting. Um, just, the only I, thing that really bugged me last night is that Jess had a negligee at the safe house. I'm like, really? That's what we pack? We're like, we're like frantically packing to abscond to safety at the safe house and we bring our sexy nightgown? Really? That's what we remember to pack? That was I love it. It's it's true, though. So you think it's like, um, clearly she had some premeditation and the fact that right. she was going to... She's like, ha I'm going to be in the safe house with Mike. Let's go. Game on, she says. <laughs> maybe, that's, maybe that's the only sleepwear she has. I don't know. I really just think Morena Bacarin likes to get naked. Right. She's like, also, listen. Safe house. I didn't understand that safe house with all those windows. I'm like, is this Emily on revenge? What is going on? Like, I don't understand why we have so much open space here. 
Yeah, how are they going <laughs> to... Every other safe house you see on TV is, like, in someone's basement. Right. Because they want nice lighting and windows and, this, you know, a shot of this. Windows, the whole thing was windows with no window treatments. I'm like, I don't understand this. Like, couldn't you just look in and see that they're there? How is this safe? <laughs> but, yes. I, but I was also thinking, are you really going to... I mean, as soon as she woke up, I was like, yeah, she's going to go... Yeah, <laughs> she's going to go down the hall. Right. But then you're also going really with the CIA on either side of you. Like this is what you're doing. <laughs> this is what no, you're doing at the safe is. house. <laughs> but I do think they've done a good job of setting up. Like this was the life she had rebuilt her life with Mike. Her husband suddenly comes back, and now her husband, since coming back, has not been a husband to her. And right, and right. Just, so I mean, I think they have done a good job of building up. Like this was coming that they Mike and uh, they they were going to get back together, but. I, or at least have a one night of fling, but uh, I, I think they've been building it for a long time. At least I think that's very believable because now she hasn't seen Brody in today. She has no idea what's going on. He's told her that he killed Walker. Like she's got a lot that she's processing. Right. And I like that they're doing that. Like I like that um, you can, I, I don't love, you know, an adultery storyline on TV, but when it's handled in a way that, you know, here she is, she knows Carrie's back in the picture. She knows that, Brody, like you said, he's not really there for her. She, she, Mike was there for her for so many years. Like to her, it just seems natural. Oh, and she and thought her husband, yeah, she thought her husband was dead. She was rebuilding yeah. her life after thinking her husband was dead. So, um, I, I think that to me is very believable. Yeah, exactly. Packing a negligee to go to a safe house and <laughs> sleeping with someone while the CIA is on other either side of you and your kids are down the hall—not so much. But the actual act was believable. I love it. I just think that the, I, I, we're at this point with episode nine. It's like, wh- what is going to happen? What is going to happen for the next three episodes? No, I keep thinking, too, for season three, how will they keep Brody on the show? I mean, how yeah. will this work? I, and, and they have to, I think. Keep, I mean, every, Damian Lewis is so great in that role. And, you know, I can't imagine the show without him. But I also think, how are they going to figure this out to kind of still include him? Like, it's right. easy to exactly. say everybody else stays on. But how are they going to still include him? Exactly. It, it, I mean, that was one of the things I thought, like, because I always thought that they would kind of get rid of the Brody storyline when they caught him. But then they throw that out in episode four, and it's like, okay, now what? How do they keep Brody going? Blah, 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 blah. So I, I'm, I'm excited to see. It's a show that I find myself, like, I do count kind of the hours or the minutes until a new episode is on because I just, I'm so wholly invested in the show. Yeah, it's the only show I really watch in almost real time. You know what I mean? It's only yeah. show I don't DVR and delay. I need to know immediately what's going on. Exactly. And and the thing is, is, is what I really like about the show is I have no idea what's going on. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, is and that's the reason why you can't wait for the for the next episode to you know to be able to to find out what's going on. And the way they've done this season, you were talking about like what would they do in the season three? Is like it seems like they've already done what like like this season could have been season three they they take you know towards the end of the season they stop something and you know grab brody and turn him and turn him into a double and he's a double agent in in season three but you know it just doesn't seem like that could still be happening you know in another season the with what they've got going on now 
Well, that's why that episode was so shocking when they spent the whole episode setting up the surveillance of him and then blew it, like, and within five yeah. seconds. But, you know, you totally thought, like, well, I know what the rest of the season's going to be. Okay, you kind of get comfortable. Okay, this is going to be the rest of the season. And you're like, okay, it's not going to be the rest of the season. Okay, you know. Yeah, and then, yeah, and then, then, then Carrie knocks on the door, and you're like, "Oh my god!" Boom. With all, even that thing, you kind of think that's going to go some different way. Like Carrie knocks on the door, she's going to try and seduce him there, and then she totally turns on him. And he's like, "I know you lied to me," or whatever. Well, that's okay. why it's so hard to figure out what's going on now because she was so that moment where he she says, "You've a traitor to your country," and he's under arrest and all that. That was such a great moment for Carrie to have that mm-hmm. kind of vindication. And that, you know, I was right, you guys are all wrong, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, three episodes later, she's having sex with him. Why everyone listened in, everyone could hear oh her. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. That that scene with Saul. Right. I know. I love Saul. He's got to be one of the best characters on TV right now. He is such a great character. I love Saul. Oh, my God. I could just feel, like, the Saul being, like, a father figure to carry. Like, I could feel his just disgust in that moment of like like you're listening let her do what she's gonna do but also maybe don't turn it up and then quinn's a total d-bag and he turns it up and oh oh it just it gives me chills thinking about saul being just amazing and and his emotional reaction to aileen's death was it kind of blew my mind yeah i thought that was a really it's great to see that because she was such an interesting character from season one so it was kind of really great to see her again even though it did not end well it was um it was really interesting to see because you kind of got to see like what happens after her story ends and you got insight right. to that. And then what's her name? Zulika Robinson as Roya. I hated her on Lost, um, but I really like her on this and I loved her on Rome. So it's like, I go back and forth about the actor and I think well, she's I think doing really, really good work. Well, cause we're not supposed to like her on that. Right. right. <laughs> you know, <it's> right. <laughs> and this is a classic Wait. situation where like, here's the thing. There are characters who I don't like because I really don't like the way the actors playing them. I right. don't like Lana Pella. So I don't like Regina cause I think she's ridiculous. I don't like Hayden Panettiere. It's not that I don't like Juliet. I know I'm not supposed to like Juliet. I don't like Hayden Panettiere. So I have trouble even liking how she's playing this character is supposed to hate. But Zulika Robinson, I do like her, and I can understand that you're supposed to hate her character, but I don't hate the actor playing the character like I do Lana or Hayden. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I actually really, I have never really liked Hayden Pantera till Nashville. I think she's really good in Nashville. So I was, I was, I've been surprised by her how much I'm enjoying her performance. Oh, yeah. So I mean, that's home, and we we all love it, and we're all like kind of just. I'm really happy, and maybe almost to the detriment of the show, that so many people are embracing it, because I don't want them to become too self-aware of, like, oh, everybody loves us, we need to keep doing something, and I don't want them to go somewhere different where, you know, it it doesn't become, it's not Homeland anymore. Like, it's a different show because they want to please everybody. I want them to just keep doing what they're doing. And, and how do we think Brody survives the season? Because I thought it was so telling last night when um, Estee says he's doing what we're all doing here. He's, kill, he's here to kill terrorists or whatever. And then you realize, like, oh, he's here to kill a terrorist. Um, yeah. I just I really wonder if he'll be able to. Like, I just think it's I, like Jason said, like, I'm so fascinated to see what they do to kind of get Brody out of this pickle that he's in. <laughs> right. he, to make it believable. Because, the, I mean, any other show could totally be like, oh, you know. He's a, he's a triple agent. He's working with a right. third agency, and we need him alive. So I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see how they can possibly. I don't know. I don't have any ideas, which I think is good, because then I'm not going to be disappointed. Right. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. What's everybody else think about Homeland? Let us know. 
Uh, let us know how you think they should or shouldn't write Brody out, keep him in, what they want to do for season three. So that's prime time tonight. You know what show they should do? Did I say this already? They should do a spinoff of the Hangtime characters. I, I said this already, like, I think two weeks ago, but I would love to see what everybody from Hangtime is up to right now. <laughs> that show. Um, so reality check. Just a couple things this week. America's Next Top Model. I mean, we all knew that Lara was going to win. Is that her name? Lara. Um, her dad was on Dynasty, guys. Um, but no, I just, that show. I watch every single episode of America's Next Top Model and just roll my eyes. And, like, you know how, like, there are some people who are self-deprecating and really understand that they're being absolutely ridiculous, but they're still getting paid for it? I feel like Tyra Banks believes, like, everything she, like, it's hard to explain, but I feel like she's not putting on a show. Like, I think she believes smizing is, like, a, a, a real way to live your life. It's just, it's, it's weird. Um, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to watch a co-ed America's Next Top Model over the summer. I'm absolutely going to watch it. But it's just the most ridiculous show that ever existed. The Amazing Race, my mom and I got to talk about this yesterday because we it's one of those shows where we've always kind of watched it and then call each other afterwards and say, who do you think is going to win? But this season, I'm, I have not gotten so far as to delete my series recording, but I am kind of fast-forwarding through each episode because I don't care as much as I've cared in recent years. Um, in fact, last night I didn't even realize that one of the character, one of the uh, duos was even still on the show. So she knows how much attention I'm paying to it. But, um, I don't know. I don't care who wins at this point. Actually, I do care as long as it's not the twins, because they annoy me. Twinny! Twinny! Oh my god, Twinny. Come on, Twinny, you can do it, Twinny! I'm like, shut up! You can do it, Twinny! I'm just going to say that thing, our thing. You can do it! You can do it, Twinny! I don't even have a twin, and I want to start doing it just to taunt other people. <laughs> but I swear, I mean, they're they're good racers. I'll give them that. But I, they stole people's money. Like, it just how's that not a penalty? Whatever. Get penalties for everything else in the show, but not for stealing someone's wad of cash. And so that's the Amazing Race. And then Survivor. I will keep saying, and every time I watch an episode of Survivor, which I think for the first time in a long time, the night before Thanksgiving wasn't a recap show. Um, it was nice to have a new episode, but God, I'm loving this season. You, you, you go into each tribal, like not knowing where it's going to go. They don't know where it's going to go. So they're all kind of just sitting and waiting and hoping that everything they're saying is going to sway some other people. So it makes for kind of an exciting other, other seasons, you know, they've gotten rid of each tribe where they've been able to get the numbers and just get rid of boom, 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 boom. We all know who's going to leave. But this season, it's like, is everybody going to turn? Is everybody going to be okay? Is Petter going to win? I want Petter to win. But I don't know. I'm just really enjoying it. And then then I'm going to be upset because the next season, I'm sure the spring season isn't going to be as exciting. So then I'm like, ugh, going to be disappointed in Survivor again. I don't know. I just really enjoy this year. Is Blair still in it? So I'm not keeping up. I haven't watched since Boston. She is. Boston Robbins, Blair is still but... in it. And I, she's actually, she wasn't playing the game. Like, for the first couple of weeks, she was just kind of following along. And um, But she's really starting to, well, who can I align myself with and play in a way that's not, that's actually smart survivor playing versus, like, the one, Abby, who I've hated from the beginning, who's so, like, caustically mean to people and oh, I have the numbers so I can get away with being a total jerk, et cetera, et cetera. But Blair's actually, like, really digging in and trying to win Survivor, which I think is awesome. 
Okay. Yeah. See, if Leia wouldn't survive, that would make me very happy. <laughs> yeah, I would totally. That's the thing too. Like she's not, she's not crossing anybody. She's not pissing anybody off, but she's playing the game. So I feel like if she makes it to the top three, she's played in a way that she didn't hurt anybody's feelings. I feel like they'd reward her, but. I feel like Penner's also going to make it to the top three at this point. And because nobody wants Penner to win, I feel like even though he played well, it's going to be a situation where they vote against him versus voting for someone else. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. So that's reality. I'm sure that I feel like there's other things I'm watching in reality TV, but I don't have anything. I don't remember them. So they're obviously not something I need to talk about. <laughs> uh, <laughs> TV on DVD picks for Tuesday, December 4th. Uh, it's a big list this week. I went with Angry Boys because I think Chris Lilly is amazing. That's pretty much all I have to and that, say about that. <laughs> and that's all you got to say about that? Uh, my pick is uh, Men of a Certain Age, Season 2. It really, about, I don't know, about seven episodes into Season 1, it turned into a really good show. And Season 2 really built well on top of that. And... uh it was it was just a a really a kind of in the vein of a of parenthood it felt a little more realistic of you know the 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 situations and things that were going on and the but from the perspective of these uh guys in nearing midlife uh so it was a a good show and and worth the checking out if you haven't seen it yeah, and my pick is that, well, first, I love Men of a Certain Age. I'm still kind of devastated that show was canceled. It was such a great show, and I just, I can't believe it didn't it didn't get another season because it was just really great. And I agree, it just kind of really blossomed that second season. I went ahead and picked The Game, season five, because The Game, to me, is such an interesting um, story where it was canceled by the CW and was gone for a couple years, and then BT uh, resurrected the show and brought it back, and it's been this huge hit for BT and, and this huge hit for the network, and just doing so well for it. So to me, it's kind of a fascinating story of like you know you can you think think you're over, but you're not over, <laughs> um, and it's just done really well for them. I love that that idea too because it's kind of one of those things where you think, okay, well my show's been canceled, I'm going to try and support it, but is it really going to work? And you look at like the game, and you look at Arrested Development, which is coming back, and we're going to have in a couple months, like. It can work, even if you've been off the air for a couple of years. So I'm not suggesting people go like, hey, somebody else pick up Wonderfalls. But like the idea <laughs> that it could happen is very cool. Uh, yeah, I think it's, and just have it happen and have it be so successful. It's been yeah, really nice. Exactly. So that's it. That's our TV on DVD this week. Um, that is our show. I want to thank Amy for joining us. Thank you guys so much for having me on. It was so much fun to talk TV with you. I really appreciate it. Oh, no problem. We love talking TV, so I'd, I'd love to hear anybody talk. We'll see, unless you tell me that Huge was the greatest show on TV. Did you think Huge was the greatest show on TV? I really did love Huge. I oh, did God. Love- <laughs> Why are you opening a huge can of worms, Henry? I just opened a huge can of worms. No, I just, there are people who argue with me that I am wrong for having the opinion that I didn't like the show, and I feel like you wouldn't do that to me, so we're okay. We're cool. No, absolutely not. I feel like that's what's so great about TV is everyone can have their opinions and our, you know, debate them back and forth, but nobody's opinion is right or wrong. That's what it is exactly. to be a critic. It's See, not right people, or wrong. This is what you all need to hear. I'm not wrong all the time. My opinion right. is my opinion. <laughs> no, it's true. I mean, that's what I love about being a TV critic, right, is you can just, all uh, you can share your opinion and people can, if it's just your opinion, so it can't be right or wrong. It's just how you think about it. Exactly. Something. Exactly. 
So, yes. Yeah, so thank you for joining us. Anytime we can have you back on, we'd love to have you. Well, thank you. This was so much fun. Excellent. Uh, for, so for Jason, we'll have all the info on where to track Amy down on the website. I make a plug for my web, uh, Twitter is a, at AmyTVGal and my website's TVGal.com. Excellent. We'll find her. And like I said, Jason will have it all there. So you know where to track her down. Uh, though, if you're not following already, what's wrong with you, uh, people? Because I've been following her for years, uh, which makes me cooler than you. Um, <laughs> TVTimes3.com, spell it all out. That's where you'll find us. Twitter, iTunes, Stitcher.com slash TV. There's buttons on the website that can get you to certain locations. Leave us a voicemail. Leave us your feedback. We'd love to hear from you. It's it's Christmas season, and if you would like to uh, support the show while uh, also doing your shopping, just go to tvtimes3.com slash Amazon, and uh, that'll take you to Amazon, and anything you buy there will get a small percentage for referring the sale, and it, it helps uh, support the podcast. There's some good sales right now, so make use of it. Yeah, so our music today, I didn't sing at all today, but I usually it's do. It's weird. It is weird. Are you feeling all right? I am feeling okay. I talked a lot today versus singing. Music is provided by IODA Promo Net. The song is TV Party by the Asylum Street Spankers from their Mercurial title put out by Yellow Dog Records. And that's our show for the day, folks. Bye. 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 We sit glued to the TV set all night. And every night. Why go into the outside world at all? It's such a fright. We got nothing better to do. And watch TV and have a couple of brews. So tell us something about you. You know, how did you get started in TV? Or, or what was like a TV show that really made you a TV fan, then made you the TV gal and, and all that stuff? Um, you know what, guys? I'm so sorry. The phone is ringing and it's like my security concern. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Hold on. One, oh, no. they co- Okay. Does that goof up everything? Do we have to start oh, over? Oh, no. Okay. We have a phone ringing at least once an episode. It's Let me fine. just go turn that. I think it's the. I have all the windows open, so I think the alarm company's like, "What the hell are you people doing?" So hold on one second. I'm so sorry. No problem. So I turned off all the ringers, but um, they might call back, and or the police might come. It'll be exciting. It'll be an exciting adventure of TV times. Or the police might call. You know. That's yeah. why. Okay, so yes, you can go again. Sorry. <laughs> so we were just saying, you know, tell us a little bit about your your background on TV. Was there a show that made you...